Welcome to Let's Get Our Ship Together, a queer woman of color debrief on the latest in queer lady and POC representation in television and film. I'm Aphrodite. And I'm Amira. And we have two charmed episodes to dish with you about today. Episode 19, Source Material, and Episode 20, Ambush. And we are approaching the season finale. We only have two more episodes left. Ooh, so exciting. I know. They're really building up to it quite well. They are. And I have to say the last couple episodes have just been like plot, 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 plot. You think they're only going to give us one or two plot developments, but like, no, they're like four or five. And then they just pack them into the episode. I know. And somehow, have you noticed, they found room for Mel's romantic storyline, but not for the other two girls. Well, a little bit for Maggie, but <laughs> I just feel like... I feel like the, like Maggie and Macy both got like a teensy bit, you know? Mm-hmm, I mean, Galvin's been mm-hmm. basically all but dropped out of the show. Yes. Um, Parker was like a little bit in episode 19. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just, I'm like amazed that they've made so much time for Mel's romantic interests mm-hmm. and not for the other two girls. Well, here's <laughs> what they did. They, they bookended it. Like the beginning of the season was heavy Melko and now the end of the season mm-hmm. is heavy Melko. But in the middle, mm-hmm. we had a lot of blah. Right? We had a lot of blog yeah. with, like, the headships. Like, why don't we start with episode 19? And so episode 19, source material, which is, like, a very punny uh, episode name. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we see exactly the scene, like, where Fiona wipes out the Sarkana and Jada is left the last one standing. And since we recorded our last podcast episode, I actually went back and I re-listened to our episode and I kind of felt like I didn't give enough thought to what Jada might have been going through and why she decided to run away from the apocalypse or whatever. Like Mm, in that last scene, in that beginning of the episode scene where we see what happened, you know, Harry is like under Fiona's control. All of uh, Jada's friends are dead and she's like, She's like creeping behind, tries to put up a fight, attacks Fiona, and then is unsuccessful. And that's when Fiona damages her leg. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I was thinking about this was that uh, Jada kind of, Jada has a history of running away. Like when she found out she was a witch, she ran away from home. And Mm -hmm. she ran away into the loving and welcoming and familial arms of the Sarkana. The Sarkana really became her chosen family. These were the people who like took care of her, who saved her. After she had this, you know, sudden awareness about about her identity. So she clearly has trauma from losing her biological family. And now she's got trauma from losing her entire chosen family all at once. But the reason why I think this particular incident is that the reason why we have to be even more concerned for Jada's state of mind right now is because she was the one who helped break Fiona out of Tartarus. So I'm wondering mm. if on some level she feels responsible for the deaths of her loved ones in the Sarkana. I definitely feel like that's how she feels. I mean, she's like enormously guilty and she also has survivor's guilt because she's the only one who survived mm-hmm. um, Fiona's attack. So uh, thinking back to that scene where Mel found her, I mean, Jada was clearly very shaken up, but she also had this air of like acceptance of like, look, you know, shit went down and. I'm going to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind yeah, of like it is yeah. what it is. Like it seemed like she could not be convinced otherwise. Not that Mel was trying to, but. Yeah. So it seemed like a very like thought out decision. Yeah. And not just like a rash, like, oh shit, I got to go, you know. I mean, Jada was doing what survivors do, which is like mm-hmm. plan out the next step and move forward. 
Yeah, keep on surviving. Yeah, you keep on surviving. You push through and you move forward. So I do hope that Jada comes back, um, at least in the season finale, in some capacity. But this sort of like difference between, I think, Mel versus Jada, like Mel and Nico even as two people who sort of run towards danger. And Jada is someone who Mm -hmm. like, who is like, has faced danger, has been traumatized by it, and like has to step away. Is it's also different, I think, because Mel has always had a support system as a witch. Like she, her whole family is a family of witches. It wasn't like Jada, who definitely was an outsider, and she couldn't tell her adopted family who she was. Uh, and oh, so see, even yeah. even if Mel is is discovering the world of magic and discovering the fact that she's a witch, she has her sisters right there with her. Whereas Jada discovering that she's half witch, half white lighter. She doesn't have family that could understand, which is why she had to escape. And then now she's lost the family that she identified with. Uh, I was just going to say also Mel feels, you know, some sense of obligation, of course, because like she is one of three people required to stop (laughs) this from happening. You know, like it's like, They need all three of them. She is one of them. So like, I do think that it is part of her personality that she wants to anyway. I don't think that she would consider bailing if she had the choice. But you know, Jada can bail. She she is not needed for this. She she could probably help. Yeah, but she is not required to stop this from happening. Yeah. I also think about things in terms of like having the privilege to be brave Mm. because Mel has a support system. She's a far more powerful witch. As much as they hate the elders, there is a system and an institution designed for her, designed for her role. She has that, I guess, the privilege to be brave and to face the apocalypse head on, knowing Mm -hmm. that she's got Harry and, and her sisters and the power of three with her. When people who are, I guess, outcasts who don't have that and don't have the luxury to be brave. Anyways, I just did some like thinking about that. And I wanted to take a moment to talk about Jada before we talk about all the Melko shit that went down Mm -hmm. in the last two episodes. It's really exciting. It is very exciting. So uh, in that same episode, Mel is later walking around with a compass because she's trying to track their new white lighter. Tessa. And Nico like jumps up from behind a dumpster and <laughs> like finds her, right? And um, and then Mel is trying to walk around, shake Nico off, but Nico follows her. Uh, and somehow like Mel just keeps like dropping more and more like tidbits. Like Nico's like, who cleaned up the tattoo parlor and made it look like this arcana never existed? And Mel, oops, something about the elders. Yeah, yeah. She's got, and then she's <laughs> holding her magical compass and Nico says, is that a magical compass? <laughs> She's very astute. Yes. Nico's powers of observations. Yes. I got so excited when we saw that, like, basically Nico and Mel are going to be tracking Tessa slash Fiona slash Harry together. (laughs) It was like, oh my God, they're on the case. I know. It's very cute. It's super cute. Like, Nico immediately figures out that Mel is tracking someone. Mel goes to the trash can, realizes that Tessa threw out the tracker. Nico's like, rookie mistake. Your mark is on to you. And Nico's like, I know a thing or two about this, you know. It was it was great because I mean, my Melko senses, of course, were tingling. I was like, oh my God, this is it. They're spending more time together, you know, mm-hmm. like Nico's in her element. And then later when Nico was like, Who taught you to pick a lock? And Mel yes, was like, Yes, 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 yes. This cop I used to know. I know, right? 
I mean, Nico is clearly into them playing detective together. Like the whole time she's having fun. She's having fun being real cute and friendly with Mel, looking for clues, hiding in closets. You know, it is like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you can tell Nico is in her element and Mel is in her element and she's loving the two of them together. I think both of them are enjoying being on a team together. Yeah. And I, I felt like Nico was like, I don't know why, but I'm really enjoying spending time with Mel. Like that was just like the, the vibe I was getting from her. That she was having fun with Mel that she, in a way that she couldn't have fun with Greta or anyone else except mm-hmm. for Mel because mm-hmm. like the intrigue, the mystery, the magic, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like later on, like Mel is still trying to be a good girl and not include Nico and shit. Uh, but then Nico catches her at the haunt practicing some kind of enshackling spell, mumbling some stuff because she's trying to memorize this enshackling spell is and and Nico is asking what spell Mel is practicing because Mel is yeah. is like com- like does not even try to hide her shit, right? And of course, Nico is there trying to help her track down Tessa. Mel says, "No, no, no, it's too dangerous. You can't be involved." But then Nico tries to entice her and says, "I'll show you what I got." If you let me come along. When Mel agrees to this, Nico is beaming. She's like smiling yeah. and she's excited about the adventure. She's happy to help play detective and like give clues as to where Tessa might be. And they find out that she works as some kind of like residential advisor or something. Oh yeah. So that's where they broke in. They broke into her, her place. But before they head to Tessa's apartment, Maggie sees Nico and Mel walking together on campus in the direction Mm -hmm. of Tessa's apartment. Um, And then, of course, (laughs) that's when Nico realizes that all the sisters are witches, too. She's like, oh, your sisters are witches, too. (laughs) As this is happening, I'm just sort of, like, covering my eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, Mel. Nico is just too good at what she does. Yeah, she's very smart. Mel just really sucks at hiding things. Then they walk past, and Maggie is, like, wearing the trench coat because she's getting ready to have sex or whatever. And you catch that line where, she, where Mel tells Maggie, you have to, you better dry clean that coat before you return it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Classic sister moment. Exactly. And then, oh, and then that's where we end up in the apartment. Um, and Mel says, oh, this cop I used to know taught me how to pick locks. Nico luckily gets left out of all of the drama that goes to, you know, the dangerous parts of the episode. Um, and I was really sad to see Tessa die actually I wasn't expecting that me too I mean I figured they were gonna like save Harry or whatever and bring him back but I was like damn did she have to die I was like she was really growing on me yeah like they could have kept her around as an advocate to the elders like hey we got to give the charmed ones a little more leeway because they're more effective this way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I felt like she was actually doing a good you know like trying to like train them up and stuff like that like I don't know one of my big uh, tv pet peeves are character deaths that are not fully developed. I think yeah. they could have done way more interesting things with Tessa's character before having her die. I agree. Yeah, that was I a agree. disappointment. Yeah. I mean, obviously we want Harry to come back, but she was a fun and interesting character. Yeah. And a good foil yeah. for the girls. But anyway, so, you know, Mel smartly leaves Nico out of it, and Nico's just, like, <laughs> stuck in Tessa's closet by herself. I know, she's, like, <laughs> totally left hanging in the closet. And I don't know if you can't, but, like, Nico may- lets out a little... Hmm, whimpering sound like once yeah like mel disappeared on her oh and then afterwards mel meets up with nico to tell her that tessa's dead and that's when she's like it's really dangerous which is why you and i can't hang out anymore that's literally what she tells nico all i'm gonna say is i motherfucking told y'all so because nico says 
She wants to figure out all this magic stuff because she feels like it explains her life. She Mm. says, two years ago, something happened that changed the track of my life and who I was supposed to be. Did I or did I not predict that Nico would sense that something was off in her life? Okay. That, like, Mel had disrupted yes, the timeline. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, kudos to me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you texted me exactly with, I told you so, in all caps. You to- in all caps, yeah, I well, told you so. And that was that was another moment from the next episode that I told you so, but Oh, shit. Anyway. Yeah, okay, so you had multiple um, I told you so's. I was just guessing it all over the place, and I'm feeling really good about it, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I loved how that scene ended in episode 19 because Mel gave her a protective ring mm-hmm. and um, says, like, this will this will protect you from magic. And to show her, she freezes time, and Nico stays unfrozen. And she's, like, looking around, and she says, I could take off all my clothes right now, and none of these people would know. And it, it just seemed like a you know, an unnecessarily flirtatious example of something you can do when time is frozen. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. That's so many sex fantasies, actually. Doing it in public and not having people know. Okay. But did you notice, did you notice when she said, you know, I could take, just take all my clothes off right now and all these people would have no idea. And Mel is sitting there in her chair. She said, you could. Yeah. She says yeah. that super sheepishly. Like she's low-key imagining Nico naked. Um, <laughs> Also, did that protection ring look like a ring pop to you? Because it looked like a black ring pop to me uh, when I first saw I, it. Did it have like a top? I thought it was just like a band. Oh, no, it was just a band, but it was kind of like chunky. And oh. I, at first I was like, oh, this is cute. It's a ring pop. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? There's like this new fashion in like um, like men's rings where they have like um, like wood and metal kind of mixed oh, together. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. wood on the outside and like a metal band, like on the inside kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just looked, it, it did look a little weird, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, it's a magical ring. I mean, yeah. And the moment that Mel gives her the protection ring, like right before that, Nico says that like, she feels like there could be some kind of supernatural explanation for her trauma that happened two years ago. And she wants to find out quote, no matter how dangerous it is. And then I put in my notes for your heart. Like, (laughs) foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Yeah. And once she realizes Mel has this power, she says, have you ever frozen me? And I felt like that was also a hint of like, like, oh, have you ever done this to me? I mean, obviously, that's a deeper question because, yeah, Mel has Mm. fucked with time to fuck with you. Has she frozen time on you? No, but she's messed with time. Even though you predicted that Nika would pick up on this, I was I was a little bit surprised at myself because and we'll get into this when we when we start talking about the next episode but Mm -hmm. the whole time we've been talking about mel's mistake we've been talking about how hasty it was of mel to Mm -hmm. rewrite history without exhausting all other alternatives first but Mm -hmm. the thing we weren't talking about is how this would strip nico of agency and how this might actually fuck up nico's life yeah yeah so when the story took took a turn in that direction in episode 20, I was like, oh, whoa. This whole time we've been thinking about like Mel was really stupid to not look for other options. But Mel was stupid for other reasons too. I think Mel's point of view was Nico is better off anything than dead, mm-hmm. right? Because she she was certain that one, if they did not do something to protect Nico, she would be killed. And yes. two, this was the only way to mm-hmm. protect Nico. Yes. So, so it's really two mistakes because like, one, if you don't protect her, maybe she wouldn't have been killed. I mean, you 
they figured out a way to get rid of that demon in the end, you know, Parker's brother. And two, like we've been saying for so many of our podcast episodes, she definitely could have come up with another strategy. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think about it and I just feel like they're keeping the charmed ones like so naive about magic. And I don't know if it's because they're scared of their power and what they're capable of or because they honestly, you know, and when I say they, I mean like, you know, the elders and white lighters that are under their uh, control or if it's because they just think that that's how they should be learning things. But it's just, it's very frustrating to me because I'm like, they're supposed to be these all powerful witches and like, where is it? Where's the power? Like Exactly. And you know, it's funny because like we've been talking about, well, you know, both Potato and Galvin got to know about their girlfriend's statuses as witches. So why couldn't Mel yeah. have told Nico? But like completely setting that aside, we've seen in this episode and the previous ones that Nico reacted pretty well to Mel telling her about magic. Nico was like, oh, wait, this makes sense. And so... She's a detective. She wants answers. And it wasn't like Nika would have had her mind completely blown if she'd found out about magic. And then she's like completely incapacitated by the fact that supernatural forces exist. Nico is smart. You know, she's smart. She's capable. She takes the information in and then she's like, okay, let's move forward. So I kind of feel like if Mel has ac- had actually told Nika what was going on, Nico might have helped her come up with a good game plan. But yeah, so consider though that Nico seems very okay with it now because she feels like, you know, something happened to her two years ago. She can't explain, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like she's open to that idea because it's sort of been suggested like subconsciously or something. But with the original timeline, Nico may have not been as, you know, you can't deny it if like Mel does some magic in front of you, you're going to be like, okay, you're a witch. I don't know. We don't really know how she would have reacted. I would love to think that she would just be like, oh, this is my girlfriend. That's super cool. Like, I wish you had told me sooner. Maybe that would be like a small fight, but in the end, she'd be fine with it. Either way, I'm actually kind of happy that they did this whole roundabout storyline because I feel like one, I feel like they're teasing us and I love a good tease. And two, I feel like they showed us the mute cute, like we like we were saying before that kind of gets us more invested in them as a couple and like a relationship. And so, you know, it's like, they're more like believable. Yes. I'm like, I'm seeing the chemistry like live. Yes. We're seeing the chemistry because they work so well as a detective, witch team solving crimes, saving lives, using magic, using detective skills. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. (laughs) So I think we are seeing more of that chemistry. Whereas before they were an established Couple, maybe we weren't seeing that. We were seeing the attraction, but we weren't seeing like, oh, they're like potentially meant to be. You know, I don't know that it was clear to to us as viewers at the time that Mel and Nico were right. truly endgame. Because then we were introduced to Jada and Mel and Jada had such chemistry too. And so you were like, but which ship is endgame? And like with this episode and just like seeing how great they are together as a team, it sort of sells you on the idea that Melko is endgame. Yeah, because we didn't see any of this with Jada, for sure. I mean, it really seemed like Jada was just like an opportunity and Mel was maybe a little, you know, it it was more of a rebound kind of situation, to be honest. Like a rebound plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, like Yeah. A little more than just a rebound, right? But like, it didn't really seem like they vibed that well. I felt Mm. like it was almost more like lustful than yeah yeah (laughs) loving i also think it has to do with politics it's sort of like when someone i wouldn't say gaby but like when a queer who's like 
like a little left of center suddenly meets like radical queers and they're super attracted to the ideology, right? They're like, yeah. yes, revolution, <laughs> uprising, like, and like, yeah. let's destroy the box, you know? And so I think Jada came in with like a totally new way of looking at the elders, a totally new way of looking at magic. And that mm-hmm. was very attractive to Mel because Mel already had kind of activist leanings to begin with. So yes. I think it was one of those things where you are, are you attracted to the person or are you attracted to their ideas? I guess this is something that I feel like I've witnessed firsthand in like radical queer POC spaces where you've witnessed it or you've lived it. I don't know that I've lived it personally, okay. but I've witnessed it firsthand where people develop like a crush on the radical queer who knows all the liberation lingo. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, and, I And do. you're like, oh, like, you, why are you attracted to them? Is it because of like how well they use the language um, and how well they can access that vocabulary, express that politic? Or is, do you actually like their qualities as a person? Do you have like, you know, chemistry once you're not talking about those things? You know, I, I just sort of, it, it, it was kind of like, well, why was Mel dating a cop? before in the original timeline, right? Like that doesn't, like Mel dating a cop didn't seem to jive with her like worldview, at least I guess our impression of what her worldview might be. And we thought, well, maybe there is some kind of conflict there. Like, you know, what is it like to be, you know, a queer woman of color who's dating a a cop or a queer woman of color who is a cop, you know? Mel was at the time drawn to how far left Jada was taking her. And then she realized that Jada was actually taking things too far. For example, when Jada refused to help Harry. And And that's when Mel was like, oh, some things are actually more important than the revolution. Like, saving my friends. So I think some of her attraction to Jada was that. What it means though, is that she and Jada could be very great friends, even if they're not endgame, like they could learn from each other. Yeah. And I think that also Jada has learned and grown from this experience and Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, putting all of her eggs in one basket. So I think that if she does come back in the future in some capacity, she would be still like a useful ally and like a good friend. Oh, definitely. To the charmed ones in general, you know? Because what Jada was guilty of was sort of like putting all her faith in Fiona and putting all her Mm -hmm. faith in this arcana and not realizing that there were kind of flaws in their plan. Like they rescued this woman from Tartarus without running the idea by her. Hey, do you want to break this box with us? Like, how do you feel about, you know, (laughs) like, do you consent to this? You know? And, and so obviously like Fiona is lashing out because she feels like people are trying to use her, which the Sarkana was. The Sarkana definitely were trying to use her. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. like, oh, if we free you from Tartarus, you're now obligated to to help us implement our grand plan. Which they just, to be fair, assumed that Fiona would also want to do. But Exactly. But, you know. No. That, well, yeah. that was using her. So Yeah. I mean, this, this whole thing is very deeply about consent. It's like Fiona mm-hmm. did not consent mm. to this and now she's like all fucked up about it, right? Nico right. did not consent to this either and now she's all fucked up about it. Yeah, it's funny because I think there are like individual episodes where they talked about consent, but it's sort of woven throughout the entire season too. I mean, I like when they talk about consent in non-sexual context because mm-hmm. I feel like that's just as important to talk about and and to learn. Oh, for sure. So that brings us to episode 20, which is called Ambush. This is the episode where I was texting you like, I told you so, I told you so. I felt emotionally ambushed by this episode, I have to say. Ooh, I like that play in the title. I know. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I felt emotionally ambushed by this because in their first scene together, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they're giving this to us. Oh my God, Melko is endgame. And then in the next scene, they're like, oh wow, they took it away just like that. So I felt like they pieced my heart back together and then they ripped it back out. It's still believable because honestly, that first scene was almost like, like, you know, when you're watching something and you're like, I don't know if this is going to be a dream sequence (laughs) or, you know, I had like, I had like a little bit of doubt because it was almost too good to be true. I mean, So Nico comes over in tears Mm. and asking to talk to Mel, right? Mm -hmm. And she's holding the ring that Mel gave her to protect her from magic. And she says that Greta was upset about it and asking Nico why she's hanging out with Mel so much. So it's like, okay, this is, this is believable. This is like a track that that would go down, I I guess. Although Greta didn't really seem too pressed before. So I'm not really sure why. Yeah. If your fiance is hanging out with like a cute queer girl all the time and then suddenly she comes home and she's wearing another ring on top of her engagement ring, doesn't that look kind of suspicious? <laughs> that is that is a little weird. I guess, I mean, I get it from Greta's point of view, but I'm also like, I mean, she didn't really show signs of being jealous before. Maybe it's since Mel and Jada broke up, which I don't know if Greta would know about that unless Nico told mm, her. But Yeah. Anyway, Nico says, she point blank asked me if I had feelings for you. So that was like... Oh my God. I was just like, I wish we had seen that scene. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they had shown us that. Nico goes on to say that the only reason we're together is because she happened to be there. And I was like, shit. Yikes. That shit, I think, hits home for a lot of people. Oh my God. Right? (laughs) Oh, that's so real. That's so real. I mean, specifically, Greta was the one who always wondered. So, as Nico and Mel are sitting down in the living room, like, and she explains, like, Greta's been suspicious about how much time Nico and Mel are spending together. And that's when she, of course, asks, like, point blank, do you have feelings for Mel? And then that's when Nico sort of continues and said, you know, when I had my meltdown two years ago, I needed someone and Greta was there. And so, Greta has always wondered if the only reason why we're together is because she happened to be there. And I'm like, shit, Mm. so many people find themselves in these relationships where they're like, they were in a moment where they needed support, someone just showed up. Yeah, and they mistook it for... Or like they didn't fall in love with the person, but they fell in love with what that person could do for them. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of, I guess, relationships that are not meant to be can be described that way, where you don't love the person for truly who they are, but you love what they can do for you. Yeah. And And those are difficult relationships to get out of because it's like, you know, they're not a bad person. They're like not like a bad partner or bad to you or anything like that. There's no like clear, evident red flags for why you shouldn't be together. So it's like really hard to realize that you're just like not into them. You know, that you're just like not on that level that you should be at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're grateful to the other person too, because they've done so many wonderful things for you. Exactly. Yeah. So you feel kind of guilty, like thinking about leaving them. (laughs) But yeah, but guilt and obligation should never be a reason to be with someone and certainly not a reason to get married to them. And I'm like, shit, this is two days before your wedding, Nico. Come on. I know. (laughs) And she says, she says, I'm getting married in two days. And all I can think about is you. Uh, And they kiss. uh, They make out for so uh, long. They go in for that kiss. And like the moment right before their kiss, Mel says, what do you think? And I'm like, Mel, we know what you think. You're like, we know what you think. And she's pretending to care what Nico thinks. Mel is excited by this. She's like, Mel, is, what do you think? I'm like asking so innocently. I'm like, please, mm-hmm, please. Mm-hmm. I mean, really props to Mel for like holding it together for that whole conversation. 
She was trying to be like that neutral good friend. Oh my god, no. You know, just I'm here for you. What do you think? Um, I think she could sense it was coming. She was like, I'm just going to let it happen. Yeah, because she's like, <laughs> well, Greta asked her, asked Nico if Nico had feelings for Mel. And Mel's like, well, what do you think? She's Because she wants to know the answer too, you know? Yeah, yeah. She was like, what did you say? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. What did you think? What did you say? I want to know. I'm just I'm just curious. I have nothing personal. I have no yeah. stake in it. I just want to know. <laughs> but the split second, oh my God. right after Nico says, all I can think about is you, and right before the kiss, you see the expression on Mel's face. Mm. She is so overcome. And she goes in for that kiss because she needed that kiss. Yeah. You could tell that her desperation and her longing for Nico was all rising up to the surface in that moment right before the kiss. And it was a great kiss. Like she had her hands on Nico's face. It was like, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe. It was like a release. Mm, when they kissed, yeah. like an emotional release from Mel because she'd been holding on to all this heartache and all these feelings for Nico without being free to express them or to communicate her like the, the depth of her love and care for Nico. And then with that yeah. kiss, she was able to be honest with Nico about her feelings. And and the release of the tension that's been building up oh between my God. them as yeah. well. Yeah, detective love. So anyway, that was basically the bulk of the Melko content of this episode. So while they're making out, Maggie walks in on them and then <laughs> just, just Maggie's so funny. I love she that. Like, she's like, feels all awkward. And then she leaves and then like loudly stomps to like announce her arrival so they can stop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And she's yeah. so clever. <laughs> Maggie's so cute in that moment. Yeah. And then she asks Nico for some like PI help. And so... When Nico comes back to give Maggie the info, Mel, I, I don't really know when she made this decision, but she suddenly feels compelled to tell Nico everything. And I, I'm glad that she does. But let's backtrack a little bit, because first of all, I do not condone the fact that Mel or that Melko, that Nico is apparently cheating because I don't know that she's broken up with Greta. She just kind of came to talk to Mel. And I don't think she was planning on being like, all I can think about is you and then making out. I have in my notes, quote, I like Nico less for this, even though it feels great to watch them kiss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because for us, it's like, okay, we know Nico and Greta are together, but we know that Nico and Mel are supposed to be together. So it almost doesn't feel like she's cheating. But I mean, the reality is, is that she is cheating and that she could have, that like the same thing could have happened the first time they got together or mm -hmm, a similar thing, mm -hmm. because we know that she was with Greta um, they were engaged before Nico got with Mel, and we don't really know how that happened, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But basically, Mel has stolen Nico away from Greta twice now yes. in two alternate timelines. So <laughs> she is two for two. There's a little exchange between Mel and Maggie after Nico has left. Like, uh, oh, So yeah. Mel gives Nico the ring pop. And then Nico, it says, stay safe. <laughs> and then Nico walks away and leaves the house. And then Mel and Maggie have this exchange where Mel says, you saw. And Maggie responds, I saw. And Mel, in her <laughs> defense, says, she kissed me first. And Maggie, hilariously rolling her eyes, she's like, yeah, really seemed like you were fighting her off, Mel. And, <laughs> and then Mel <laughs> responds completely exasperated. And she says, I know it was incredible. That's how she's yeah. playing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Mel, you are responsible for this. I'm like, you are responsible for this. You are facilitating the cheating too. You have a role in this. Yeah. Uh, poor Greta. I know. It's like, I feel bad. But, you know, that's what I was saying before. I feel like they kind of introduced her as a two-dimensional character anyway. 
So I didn't really expect her to like stick around or even have a big part in this. I mean, I mean, they didn't even show this conversation between Nico and Greta. They just, which, you know, they usually don't show things that are happening like away from the three sisters, unless it has to do with like the central plot line of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But my point is just that they didn't even give Greta like a legit role. Like yeah. I think she's had like one or two lines this whole season. <laughs> she was cute though. She had good clothes and good hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering what Nico's type is. Like, I don't know. She's I just don't into know. like attractive people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, because Mel and, and Greta are not the same type. So, you know, it's funny because I felt this way on the bold type with Coco. Remember when Kadina had their first kiss? And I was like, mm. poor Coco. Poor Coco. I'm like, poor Greta. Poor Greta. Greta is a great partner, was there emotionally for Nico when Nico needed her most, but is not Mm -hmm. who Nico needs to be with. And it's frankly very selfish of Nico to stay in a relationship with Greta, knowing that she's not truly in love with her. I mean, we'll see what's going to happen with it. So the next time when Nico comes back to give Maggie the information she found, Mel tells her everything that happened and Nico gets very understandably pissed off. Oh yeah. And leaves. And so now I'm wondering, did she not break it off with Greta? So now she could just like kind of have her cake and eat it too. Mm. Or is she set on like, okay, clearly I don't like Greta in that way. Like she's not the one meant for me. Maybe Mel isn't either, but she should at least end things with Greta. You know what I mean? Like where, I, I don't know. I don't know where she stands. And it looks like from the preview for the next episode, she's not going to be thinking about that anytime no, soon. No, no, no. Like we were worried originally that the, like, well, I, w- I think we were hoping, not so much worried, that we would get some kind of like apocalypse slash gay wedding towards the yes. <laughs> season finale. Yes, that would have been epic. I, it would have been great. I don't think we're getting that anymore because clearly like her cheating on her girlfriend, kissing someone else two days before the wedding, just like, seems like not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Nico's there and Mel decides to like fess up, right? And Mm -hmm. she says, no, there's something I have to tell you. And we don't know what Nico was originally going to say to Mel before Mel started speaking. Because it Mm. seemed like Nico was about to say something, like we have to talk about what happened. And I wasn't sure whether she was going to say I've decided to end my engagement mm. or we can't continue this. I'm making up with Greta. I honestly wasn't sure sure what, we, what she was going to say because Mel interrupted and said, no, I have to tell you this first. And some of this is because in an earlier exchange, Maggie says like, maybe you, maybe Nico deserves to know the truth before it's too late, you know, before the apocalypse happens or whatever. And Mel's like that. I rewrote her history without her consent. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so Mel has this, like, on her chest, and she has to tell Nico because Nico deserves to know. And as Mel starts Mm -hmm. talking, she's like, we were together. You left Greta for me because you were unhappy, and then we were happy, and then now I see – I rewrote history, and now I see unhappy you are with Greta, and I love you. And But as she's saying all this, Nico's – the camera's, like, close up on Nico's face, and you can see her becoming increasingly enraged. As Mel Mm -hmm. is speaking. And as soon as Mel ends that sentence with, and I love you, Nico says, stop. Are you telling me that you use magic to alter my life? Mel tries to defend herself. And she's like, you're not God, Mel. Do you even know what I went through? I thought I was losing my mind. And then when Mel says, no, I was trying to do it to save you. And Nico jumps right back with, no, you did it for yourself so you could sleep better at night. And I'm like, mic drop, Mm -hmm. boom. Right? Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Mel made a choice. 
to rewrite history, didn't consult or involve Nico in decisions that could cause irreparable psychological harm to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think the whole time, like, if you remember earlier in the season, they were talking about, like, it's if you rewrite history, there are all sorts of bad things that could happen, unintended consequences. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But, we, but I think when we thought about unintended consequences, we thought about, like, specific events that could occur on the timeline that were unintended. That right. Were, but And they even brought up the specific example of Mel not getting that job yeah. because Nico's the one who woke her up for the interview or whatever, you know. The one negative unintended consequence we didn't think about, We Mel was so concerned for Nico's physical safety that she didn't think about Nico's mental well-being and how the negative consequences could be uh, permanent. It could be permanent psychological harm to this woman that you love. Yeah. And I mean, again, I do think that Mel was coming from a genuine place of wanting to protect Nico, thinking that like, well, the alternative is that she's going to die. So, you know, it's okay if other things are like slightly different or altered or whatever. I don't think she would have anticipated this trauma that happened (laughs) to Nico, where she like felt like her whole life was off track or whatever. But, you know, either way, I feel like if somebody had at least pointed out to her, like, why are you doing this without her consent? Why don't you at least tell her? I feel like she could have reconsidered. Like if somebody phrased it in that way directly to Mel, mm. she probably would have reconsidered doing it. It kind of reminds me of the the finale of The Good Place when they decide to erase Chidi's memory of yes. Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And that was with his consent, yeah. you know? Yeah. That was like an example of, you know, doing that right. You know, as Cher once said, if I could turn back to Oh, me. gosh. You know, I just saw her in concert <laughs> over the weekend, right? You what? I didn't tell you this. That's what I was doing in New Jersey. I went to see her. She was incredible. She's 73 and she's still killing it. Oh my God. You saw Cher in concert and you didn't tell me? Amira, this is my second time seeing Cher. Have I not talked to you about this? Send me video. Send me pictures. Oh my God. From both times that you saw Cher. Okay. For the record, Cher made direct eye contact with me during Believe. And I was in the front row. I was a front row center stage while she was performing in Detroit for her D2K Dress to Kill tour. And during Believe, she looked straight at me, nodded her head just to signal to me like, I see you. Because she saw I was dancing the whole night in like four inch platform heels. And then she goes, no matter how hard I try. Oh my God. I need to lie down. (laughs) If only Mel could turn back time, which she technically can. Technically, yes. She she could turn back time. Yeah, she's a time witch. So, But yeah, so I don't know if you saw the preview for the next episode, but this episode ends with Nico getting sick. She goes back to her apartment. She collapses to the floor. Wedding ain't happening. Yeah, and so the next episode, they basically were saying some infection is spreading throughout Hilltown. Um, and it's some other sign of the apocalypse. Yeah. But Nico is among the infected and Mel like gets a glimpse of her when she goes to the hospital. That's like one quick shot that they showed in the trailer. So yeah, definitely the wedding's off. If if that was, if the kiss happened two days before the wedding, I'm assuming that she got, she's in the hospital like the day of. So mm. I don't know if she's broken up with Greta yet, but I'm wondering if there's going to be added drama of like Greta being at the hospital yeah. and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Either way, I am... Hoping to God that they don't kill off Nico. That wouldn't happen, right? They wouldn't do that. Yeah. They wouldn't go through all this trouble of bringing her back. No, 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 no. She's still like, no, no, no. They're they're playing, like, I I tweeted about this. They're playing the long game. Like, thank you. I just, 
I needed someone to comfort me. No, no, no. <laughs> they are definitely not drawing kill. this out. And that's why they teased us with the kiss and then the pullback. Like, nope, you don't get to have this right, yet. Right, You thought you got to have mm. this. Nope, you don't get to have this. We're just here to whet your appetite. That's what I think that episode was about. They are definitely drawing this out like as long as possible, which is why they're not having another conversation. Instead, Nico's going to be in a coma. It's like excruciating foreplay, you know? Right? <laughs> which is how we <laughs> like it on our ships. On our, on our TV yeah, show. Yeah, Tease us all season long. I wanted to ask you one more question, Amira. Please. Because, you know, we've, like, now we've seen ways in which both Nico and Mel have behaved selfishly. Mel, you know, trying to, like, absolve herself of guilt or responsibility by rewriting history so that she could, in fact, sleep better at night knowing that she's not responsible if Nico ever gets hurt. And then Nico doing the selfish thing, I think, of staying with Greta even though she's no, she knows she's not in love with her. And then both of them being selfish in that they knowingly kiss and do that while Nico is engaged to be married in two days. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just sort of thinking about, like, when we ship ships – I feel like I ship ships the most when I think that both characters behaved well on the path getting there, you know? I'm not going to, like, give up my status as a Melko shipper. I feel I am still a shipper. But it definitely colors my experience of the ship to know that both of them are making mistakes that are harming other people on the path towards endgame, you know? For me, they just need to be like a good combination of believable and relatable. Mm. So it's like if they're making mistakes that I could make or that I think are like believable or reasonable mistakes to make, Mm -hmm. then it's okay. Obviously with Mel's decision making that spell, I can't really say that's relatable because I'm not a witch. (laughs) But but I think that, I mean, that kind of fear of like losing a loved one and I don't know, I can't really think of any, any kind of example where I would completely strip away their agency to make that decision for them. But I can see myself being that afraid of losing someone. That I would take like drastic measures, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. The cheating thing is a little bit harder for me to come to terms with just because I'm like very anti-cheating. I feel like, again, I feel like the writers of the show kind of intentionally structured it in a way that we would feel like it's not really cheating because we still remember the original timeline mm. where Nico and Mel were together. So we feel like this is just like destiny. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is where they're supposed to be at. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, this is the second time they've cheated because Mel and Nico may have cheated exactly, before. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think you're right, the sort of believable, relatable. Like, these are characters who are flawed, who mm-hmm. make mistakes, and that's okay. I think it's how now how they respond to those mistakes and allow themselves to take responsibility or, or be held accountable for those mistakes. Yeah, I guess... I- Yeah, I want to see how they kind of handle the fallout from this. And obviously this whatever infection thing is going to sort of interrupt that storyline. But like, just to see how Nico deals with Greta and how Mel deals with the whole thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of waiting to see how that goes down. Yeah, I mean, Mel is eventually going to have to give like the best apology of her life. Like, she's, she has to own up to this and like win Nico back. Um, Because at this point, Mm -hmm. Nico probably doesn't want to be anywhere near Mel, like knowing that Mel was the cause of all that, of her previous crisis. I've been trying to put myself in Nico's shoes and think like, okay, let's say I'm in a relationship that I'm not super into and there's somebody else that I really like. And then they tell me this, like Mm. that in another timeline we were together, you know, just sort of, I mean, because I felt like Mel was just like spilling all of it really quickly. You know, it was like once she started, she couldn't stop. And yeah. And 
so hearing that all in a rush, it's like, it's very overwhelming yeah. and, and kind of like shocking to hear. I mean, like, how are you supposed to like change the way you feel so quickly? I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing to kind of be crushing on someone, but like Mel is in love with Nico still. She's still at that level where they left off. Yeah, exactly. And Nico just has a yeah. crush on Mel. That's what's happening. She's not in love right, yet. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't even, I don't know how you would navigate that when one person has like way more feelings than the other because they, ha- they lived mm-hmm. another timeline. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another unrelatable thing, but I you know, know I know, but it's like, we're it's, trying. Yeah, it's very unbalanced. So I think it's going to be a rocky road towards their end game. Uh, so whatever that end game looks like, it's going to be the long haul. It'll definitely stretch into season two because they're going to have to recover from this. We'll see um, what happens if there will be another confrontation between Greta and Mel. I think it would be brilliant if there was one. Ooh. I would love to see that, that dyke scene. dyke drama, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love dyke drama when I'm not part of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're just watching. Yeah, that's the best kind, the kind you can watch. Yeah. Not the kind where you're a participant. So I think it would be great to see that because, I mean, I hope that they give Greta some kind of like – decision like I hope that Greta makes a choice and not Nico like Greta should fucking leave Nico for all yeah, this bullshit Greta should just leave I want her to leave I want her to have like some kind of final scene it would be great if she had lines and then I also want yeah. and then I also want to see Jada come back and redeem herself too I would like to see yes. you know Jada make a triumphant return be like listen I'm getting revenge because you killed my friends moment I want her to have that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I know. So much happening on Charmed. I can't believe so all the stuff. I know, so little time. Yeah, they really squeezed in all those plot developments. And we're podcasting only about the queer ship. Yes. <laughs> like, we're not even talking about the straight people storylines or the other shit that's happening. Or, like, happening. the main plot line or anything. Oh, yeah, like, biotech dad, whose name we still don't know. Like, you know. We, it's Alistair, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Alistair. <laughs> but, yeah, we're not even covering any of that content, and we still have a lot to talk about. Well, I mean, we're just dissecting Oof. what material they gave us. So I've been very pleased with the, with the writing the last couple episodes. Wow. I have two. I have yeah. two. R.I.P. Tessa. R.I.P. So we've covered two episodes of Charmed, and we're a little bit behind on the bold type, but we plan to cover that soon because some stuff has happened mm-hmm. on the bold type with Cat 2, and then we'll have more juicy details about the second to last episode of the season for Charmed. So, yeah, so we hope you'll join us. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>